this is Charity, and on this episode of Romana, I speak to Nadia Diala, who is an inspirational life coach who works specifically with women of color professionals, helping them to lead more empowered and liberated lives. Um, I love Nadia's color-conscious intersectional approach, and I feel like you all are going to love her as well. Enjoy! Good morning, Nadia. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I had such a great conversation with you last week, learning more about your work and your coaching practice, and would love for you to share that with our audience today. I had a really great time talking with you about it last week too, and essentially I help women of color professionals dream big again so they can really create the empowered and liberated liberated lives they really want. Um, And what I mean by that is, Essentially, so many of these women are on top of their shit already. So it's not like they're not successful and they get to a certain place of success and they stop dreaming. So that's kind of where I come in. Yeah, where they, they're unsatisfied, they're in their comfort zones. Even if there is success, there's this kind of box that they feel like they're in. Like, is this it? Um, and it could be due to obligations to others, which, you know, women of color, we are very obligated to other people oftentimes um, could be from fear to take risks or could be just being too damn busy to really prioritize shaking up the status quo. Um, And I'm here to challenge that, really. Um, And I support that through my coaching practice. So what I really like to work with women of color is because I'm color conscious in my coaching. Um, Yeah, 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 I like that. You love that. Um, so yeah, so when I say color <laughs> conscious, it's, um, I'm not colorblind and, um, I, I have an intersectional approach. I explicitly address race. I explicitly address culture. I explicitly address any sort of identity and we celebrate those things and we also see what doesn't serve you from those things. Um, so yeah, that, that's really what I'm in a nutshell what I do. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's about navigating relationships in workspaces that are, say, women of color who are navigating predominantly white workspaces. Um, so that's kind of my sweet spot there. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm, I'm wondering, could you give examples of, you know, uh, predominantly white workspaces that you may have or are working in right now, like the types of industries? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Tech is a really big one. So women in tech and, you know, us being in San Francisco, heart of Silicon Valley, all of that, um, that's a really big one. So, um, you know, there is a lot of diversity that is being included. DNI, diversity and inclusion, um, is hot. It's a buzzword in the tech community right now. Um, But where companies fail at a lot of times is that these women of color or people of color come in and they're like, okay, I'm hired. You kind of check off a diversity list. But the failings often are at is the inclusion part. What are you doing to make these these people of color, these people from different countries um, feel included or feel like you know, not even that they have a space at a table, they have the voice at a table. Or, um, you know, what are you doing to check microaggressions? Because they very much exist in the office space. Um, or, you know, how are we addressing equal pay? So equity is big. Um, and 
So that's kind of a larger scale of it. So tech is big. I'm also working in people in the medical field um, and also working with folks in hospitality, which is a huge industry. And yes, there are a lot of um, women of color in that, in hospitality, for instance, but not in leadership positions. Um, so those are a few of the industries. Yeah. Amazing. I've definitely uh, have been, um, you know, migrated through a few of those industries and have felt exactly what you're saying, the microaggressions, the um, feelings of maybe not being enough mm-hmm. or, you know, not wanting to pursue leadership yeah. positions. So I resonate a lot with what you're saying. And um, I, I also want um, or I would love to hear more about your story of how you uh, got into this work and what brought mm, you to where you yeah, are. Yeah, and I I really appreciate you. There's something about you saying like you haven't, um, you opted out of the race essentially because of not having that support. So part of why I kind of am wanting to help women of color is because I truly believe that we can opt in. <laughs> I truly believe that um, we can create our own paths and just because we haven't seen it done before by women of color or even women who have done it in a balanced way doesn't mean it's not possible. Um, it is possible. And maybe we, we need to find our, our way to do that um, and, and step into our own power and voice. So um, that's, that's part of it. Um, so I guess I want to clarify when you ask how I got into this, is it coaching or is it my specific um, direction mm. with coaching? Uh, first with coaching, because I know that your background, I mean, I know your background in the corporate world. And so I would love to just, you know, um, expand more on your background before getting into coaching and then moving into that niche of, um, you know, working with women of color. I guess I'd like to start by saying that I was definitely there stuck in my own status quo for quite a while. Um, and I, you know, I was a drifter. I wasn't, um, I was very much a go-getter if I found an opportunity that seemed to fit at the time, but it was never really a passion. Um, so, and, and many people can relate to this. And, um, and um, you know, I essentially, my most recent background after a lot of trial and error with more creative work um, was, ending in, um, you know, spending about six years in tech sales of different kinds. So I worked for a big international 10,000 plus employee enterprise um, travel booking company. Um, And then I jumped to, you know, I decided to try, hey, why not try the tech space, like the real startup tech space. So I went into a very small startup and help start a team with my VP of sales. Um, Yeah, and just really kind of create sales processes, systems and workflows, which I really do love. I love the um, the back end operational side of things. Um, And I was great at it. I, I loved I love people facing work. I love teamwork. I loved the people. Um, but I wasn't satisfied. I really wasn't. Um, you know, it was an e-signature company and not knocking that. And it's a great company. But, you know, at the end of the day, I 
was thinking like, gosh, is this it? Am I really going to sell signatures if I die tomorrow? Is, is that it? Um, on top of that, um, just on a more personal note, without getting too much into it, I was going through a very heavy immigration process with my partner to try to get him legal status. And that was a toll. So I had a lot of um, mental health focus on myself. And that was a huge catalyst to quit my job in June 2017 without any plans. So um, since then, I've been on this incredible journey that kind of goes, there's an uptick to this. And in discovering what the hell am I going to do? I have no plans. I don't even really have a timeline. I just saved money in order to kind of abort this mission that I'm on. And um, yeah, I, I, I was traveling with a friend in Peru and uh, Colombia, and she is a freelance marketer. And she really designed her own life. And I've always been inspired by her. And she kind of reminded me that a few years ago, I was very curious about relationship coaching. Um, and I've been kind of that go-to person for relationship advice, this, that. Uh, and once she reminded me of that, it lit a fire in me. And that was all I could think about. It, there was just something in my gut that I had to chase. Um, and it was, it took a lot of research and a lot of due diligence and a lot of fuck it, just take the risk and go get your training to do it. That like, I just was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. There's nothing else on my mind. And um, I've never felt more grateful to, to feel into my gut and really chase it because this is, this is something I know I'm going to be doing forever. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> So that's the coaching piece. So now getting into, and I guess this is a, this is also a double question, but I guess, you know, finding this niche of working with women of color, which also is a particular challenge as you're, um, you know, facing a, a, not only a career change, but also mm-hmm. this very particular um, uh, focus. Um, could you share a little bit about that, that um, process and, maybe the challenges that you had to overcome to, um, you know, find yourself uh, in this particular very uh, focused. uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, there was some challenges to that. Um, There was a lot of overcoming is kind of the word that comes to mind of um, my own blocks, my own personal worries, maybe inner critics, saboteurs, Regardless of what I chose as a niche, um, you know, I could be choosing white men, professional white men or something, and I would still have to overcome something in myself, right? Um, Or I could be coaching teachers and I would still have to overcome something. But honestly, in deciding whether or not to niche down to supporting women of color, um, it took me months after doing interviews with hella women of color, like yourself, you were one of the interviews I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> Which, by the way, the findings were just so extensive and just, I have to just say, just very impressed with the amount of research and due diligence and just thought and care and, and love that went into the process of really finding 
your people and like, and not just finding your people, but also like understanding the needs that we have. And I consider myself, you know, a woman of color, women identified, uh, you know, artist, entrepreneur. So I, I really appreciated the thoughtfulness and the love that went into that, that research. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That that (laughs) really hits home for me. I'm, I'm appreciative of you saying that and calling that out. So, yeah, I mean, um, in putting that research, um, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I got my own coaching around it. I spoke to as many freaking people as I could um, to just kind of gauge what what the feelings were of this. Um, with a lot of other working professionals, a lot of other um, coaches. So one of the biggest challenges was that, um, you know, when you decide on a niche, regardless of what it is, is like, you know, is this going to resonate? Is this going to work? Is this going to make me a living? Um, That's any sort of creative art too. Um, So some marketing friends who I love and love me and who are also women of color um, told me, you know, this is great. This is awesome. This is so needed as many people did. And then there's this kind of real back at the end of that. But you know, with good intention, you know, um, I'm a little worried that you might have to be convincing women of color, or I'm a little worried that, you know, honestly, like, will women of color pay? Because a lot of the feedback that women of color I interviewed, to be honest, was, oh, um, you know, I thought coaching was just for white people, to be honest. And that's a totally legitimate thing, right? Like, therapy, mental health practices is something that is not big in our our realm of influence Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and I will attest to that as well like I that is not something that I thought you know earlier in life Mm -hmm. that was accessible to me yeah same here same here and you know and and that that was something that made me go oh wow um that's interesting and that kind of hurts to hear and that's the reality of it and that's okay um I'm I appreciate the caution but there's just there's just something in me that was like, Oh God, I can do it differently. I know I can. (laughs) Um, And some others who are women of coach, uh, women of color coaches um, have told me, you know, when getting their feedback, you know, you know, I I get women of color all the time because they see my photo, they see my skin and naturally they come to me and that's great. And I love that work. But that being said, I don't necessarily need to explicitly have women of color at the sign of my door, um, which is fine, too, because um, they're they're very inclusive in their practice. But for me, there was just like this battle with I want women of color to be the sign at my door. <laughs> um, you know, I want us. This is part of creating space for us. This is a part of believing that we are worth investing in ourselves this is a part of believing that um we can look at things like coaching or even therapy or even consulting as tools for us to to push our boundaries to go above and beyond our status quo and to like create our own damn table you know what i mean like um Coaching is a powerful tool, and why shouldn't we have it as women of color? Um, and I will say that to overcome that, I had my own coaching around it. Um, and I also connected with a few, uh, there was one woman of color coach. Her name is um, 
Gloria in DC. She's so dope. She coaches women of color in leadership, um, making the impact they want to make in the world, doing what they love. And when I, I think we FaceTimed or we did a Google Hangout and, you know, first time meeting her, she was so gracious to let me poke her brain a little bit so I could overcome my own fears. Um, and when I told her that feedback from other people, marketers, other coaches about not making money, about this, that, women of color not paying, she literally made this scrunched up face and was like, who the fuck told you that? <laughs> uh, she's like, there are millions of women of color out there. You don't need millions of people to make a full practice. You don't need, you know, this, that. And she's just like, that's, that's false. Just plain and simple. That's false. Um, and in my heart, I knew it was only true if I let it be true. Um, mm. So, mm. and, and I, I just knew, like, I, I wanted to wow. be explicit. And that's part of, I, I want to be part of the solution, not feeding into, yeah, this is how it's been. Um, and I'm willing to take that risk. So that that's kind of, if I'm mm-hmm. not there to take that risk, how can anyone be able to take that. it for themselves? I love how you also you know, it need, need that coaching as well, you know, and, and using that medicine that mm. you yourself are giving. It's so, it's such a testament to that work that you're doing. Um, and I also love, and the, I don't know if you've talked to, I, I don't remember you talking in, um, about this so far in the, uh, this episode, but we've talked about it before about um, this philosophy of living a fully mm-hmm. connected life. As I just love that. Like, it's so, I don't know. I, I just, it really resonates with me, yeah. that philosophy. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so essentially, when I say living a fully connected life, um, a lot of times we have separate identities that just kind of, you know, you could even think of it as code switching, but for like full on identities. <laughs> and if you're not that it's being like you yeah. know I talk so differently <laughs> with my homies and then I talk differently with my professional people and um this that but um what we're really doing and that's fine <laughs> that's you know that's what we as people of color women of color kind of need to do right um but there's this whole part of me you know for instance for myself like oh I just could not stay with oh this is work Nadia this is sister Nadia this is um, creative Nadia, this is friend Nadia, this is partner Nadia. Um, and that, that just like felt so separated. Um, I really want to live very connected lives. I want everybody to live connected lives of, I am fully aligned. I'm fully in my power. I am fully who I want to be. I am in my full realness. Um, you know, and how I usually stay connected is, Am I creating the experience I want to have in my life, in my work, um, in the money I'm making, you know? Um, and if it's a no, then there's something I need to shift. There's something that needs to change. Um, and how another way I, you know, stay connected and encourage my clients to connect with themselves is checking in every part of you. So often we're just in our heads that um, we forget there's all this wisdom and all this awesome knowledge that our body and our hearts and our souls know. Um, so I'll usually ask the question of to myself and to my clients a lot of times, you know, let's fill in the blank with bottom lining just one word. 
my mind is blank, my body is blank, and my soul is blank. And if you were to answer that right now, Charity, um, you know, you could see where there might be some perfect alignment or totally misaligned. <laughs> yeah, and it gets it gets wild to to even see. Like I could say, oh, my mind is buzzing, which it always is, because I'm all I can never turn that shit off. You know, meditation <laughs> is pretty hard for me because I can't turn it off. Yeah, I I feel that I feel yeah. that, but the buzzing. If I were to answer yeah. that question for you right now, it would be my mind is um, monkey yes. brain right now. <laughs> but I can't even speak real English. I'm like, my mind yeah. is monkey. <laughs> my dope. mind is monkey your, brain. And your body? Um, hmm, my body is alive. My body feels activated. It, I just went on a run this morning and I'm looking outside to blue sky and just feeling really mm-hmm activated by the sunshine and the the energy from this morning and my soul is at peace despite all these energies that are with my mind and my body I feel like this kernel of just softness and um stillness I did did a meditation very short meditation this morning um but yeah, I can see now, now that I'm saying this, like, okay, why, you know, the, despite the stillness, like, I would like to get more stillness in the other parts of, you know, both my mind and my body mm-hmm. and a little more alignment. So how can totally. I do that? You know, I love that. Yeah. And it, it's very interesting to see how you are this one human being and all of that is happening in different parts of you. Um, so yeah, and, and mm-hmm. I would encourage you to think, what shifts can I make to to bring a little bit of my my soul and my heart into my mind um, to kind of calm that mm-hmm. monkeying, or maybe my body can channel some of that activation to activate a different um, perspective or mind shift um, for my mind to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those are curious things to poke at. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was also going to ask you so. Right now, you know, sometimes we ask on on the show, uh, you know, what your theme is right now in your life, and you have so much <laughs> going on, so much um, beauty and and growth and excitement in this this chapter of your professional um, and also personal um, arenas of your life. I, I'm just curious, what what is your current? Yeah, theme? and I I told you about this last week, just because it's my jam right now. It's like my love song. It's my theme song as I'm stepping into the street. Um, and and it's it's something old is new again. Yeah, let, let that sink in. Something that. old is new again. Um, yeah, I love it too. And it, it's really um, basically since even before starting this journey, I guess I have to say when I was, you know, in the thick of unfulfilled at work and you know starting I started therapy before making the jump to quit and take the risk of not knowing what the hell I was doing um but um I have been reconnecting with super crazy old parts of me um and I used to love like writing poetry and stepping up to open mics like I've been for the first time in 10 years I've done an open mic in the past you know twice in the past six months. Uh, yeah. So that that's like, oh, I love it. And it's just, I used to do that all the time, you know, and, and, 
and it tends to be creative things that at some point I became too busy for or thought like, oh, writing would never make me money. I wanted to major in writing. And I was like, you know what? That'll never make me money. Let me do something that's also equally <laughs> trivial that didn't really make me money either. Um, and and it's, just, it's just those things where it's like, it's it's just kind of like this beautiful full circle um and i'm i'm kind of in love with those parts and and i'm sure you can attest to it like this happens all mm-hmm. the time to anybody i speak to where they're like i used to sing i used to dance i used to you know go <laughs> hang gliding i don't know <laughs> just um and it's mm-hmm. just people have this old longing that when you kind of bring it back to life and step towards that again it's like oh, i'm in love again it's so new Um, it's beautiful. So I forgot to mention this, but we also, um, love to have guests share, uh, like a spoken word or poem or song at the end of the episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you think about what you want to (laughs) share. I actually didn't, I forgot to warn you about that. (laughs) Um, would you be, would you be open to that? Sure. I can pull up a short one more than an actual longer okay, well, <laughs> yeah something just to end on a sweet note at the end of the episode um i like that you have, surprise you you're gonna to share something <laughs> like a poem <laughs> surprise <laughs> let that okay. inner poet come out i can do that i can hang with that let's do that <laughs> all right but before that one last question um what advice, what advice would you give to other women artists and entrepreneurs um, imagining that the person listening today is a client or a potential client or someone that you might work with? Like what advice would you give them um, for committing to their passion just as you have committed to yours and have, you know, took the scary mm-hmm. yet substantial and rewarding path of, of following and doing what you love? Yeah. Um, so advice would be be a little bit or a lot of bit dramatic um and Mm, yeah a lot lot of it it. (laughs) um I'm a lot of it (laughs) so Mm. sometimes it's needed to to make jumps um to take risks to fail to start a business or even like Mm -hmm. go to an improv meetup that you've been wanting to go to or take a drawing class like uh, sometimes it's just um women are oftentimes told to stop being so dramatic or don't be crazy or you know we're we're really so as much as we might not even realize we are really so trained to be submissive or to not take risks because we should mm-hmm. be so grateful and so lucky for stability and security or for whatever um so it's hard for us to shake things up mm-hmm. Um, but I really, truly believe that life is too fucking short and it really is. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm hella dramatic in that regards and that I gauge important, scary risk taking life experiences or even like the smallest decisions. Like if I die tomorrow and I didn't do this, would I regret it? Like if I don't jump off this waterfall <laughs> on this vacation, will I regret it? Yes. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, if I don't jump into this cold lake um, in the middle of winter because I feel like it, like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about that lake for so long. Like, why didn't I? Um, you know, this is my friends, by the way. I need jumping in cold bodies of water too <laughs> all the time. 
yeah that that's that's really it just be a little dramatic it's okay you know Mm, yeah. I love that. Be be a little, be a or, lot of or, dramatic, or hella dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, are you ready to share your poem? Oh, yeah. Um. Okay. So, as we're coming up, I'm gonna share the poem, the last poem on um that I I shared on my poetry instagram that i haven't updated in quite some time but this was um i wrote this after i uh finished my coaching training before jumping into certification and this was kind of a love letter to myself but also to all the beautiful people that i really connected with and man they know parts of me that i didn't even know i had so this was really um, kind of an ode to connecting with myself for the first time in, in maybe a decade um, in the way that really felt right. Um, yeah. So it's called What's in the Range of a Human Being? And mm. it, I'll start. Um, what's in the range of a human being? Strange reasons lead us through life seasons, chasing positives and hope that we can hide away the negatives. That is not humanity. That is not living free. That's dying hard. This is what I want my reality to be. Always curious, always present, always in love, always connected. Hmm. Mm. That feels so so appropriate. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I feel a little teary-eyed saying that. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your time and for, I just, yeah, I'm so inspired each time we speak and um, really look forward to following the amazing work that you're doing. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, so much love. Thank you.